Our stories define us, inform our past and our future, create conduits of communication and pathways for community. Our stories show us how we are unique individuals and yet so much alike. I'm Isowellen, and this is Isowellen Writes Stories for Adults. This podcast contains explicit, honest conversation and sensual 18 plus content with discussions about our personal stories, fantasies, and journeys. We talk about the process of sharing our stories professionally and all the ways they can be explored. Welcome to this safe space for adult-focused stories. That's my new intro. I'm being all professional. In honor of Orcus, who's very professional. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Isowellen, and I have a special guest speaker that should pop up right now. Hello. Is this working? This is working. Wonderful. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Um, I have a big room today. Apparently, you have some followers who have taken the time to join us. And Roxanne, <laughs> I might have to, I'm just going to warn you, I might have to invite Roxanne on at some oh, point. <laughs> no problem. I love Roxanne. She's great. <laughs> she is the one. I'm just going to, Roxanne was, I had an interview with Roxanne and she was she was telling me about all these art, art, audio artists that I had not gotten to connect with and she's like mm -hmm. oh you've got to talk to this person and this person and this person I'm like they won't <laughs> talk to me and so <laughs> because for my podcast audience my audience is pretty small I've had a lot of downloads and stuff but I've been on the air for two years and mm -hmm. so I've been cultivating that audience and people can listen to the old replays and so really for how long I've been on there. 10,000 downloads is really nothing. And then I look at your tech TikTok and I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that I, uh, I discovered you on Instagram. I don't even know how I found you. Um, <laughs> and just started, uh, really appreciating your work. And then, um, somebody sent me your Twitter and then I saw you tweeted about, doing a podcast with Roxanne who had already had, you know, really great conversations with. And, and so all the dots started connecting and it, and it just, yeah, this is really funny That's and great. Too funny. That's mm -hmm. so amazing. So, um, I, uh, can you introduce yourself and tell people, I usually let the, I usually just put the onus all on you because I'll sure. forget, I'll forget what I'm supposed to say and what to do and, um, tell the audience because some of my listeners may, I, um, not, I know who you are and yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Well, my name is Orcus. Uh, I run a sort of, a, an audio experience brand called Orcus auditory, uh, audios for the mind, body, and soul. And I, I love doing audio experiences really, uh, in a wide variety of genres and ranges. Um, I'm not just doing spicy content, but I also do meditations. I do some, I dabble in some hypnosis, uh, bedtime stories, um, a number of different things. Uh, I used to be a voiceover actor back in the day. I've, I've done a bunch of different things. Um, and this has really just been 
a creative canvas for me to reach out to an audience directly uh, as opposed to going through other people's work. Which is to say, you know, now I've started doing, I've started working on book narration, so I am going back to other people's work, but I'm doing it in more of a capacity as, um, you know, sort of under my own direction, so to speak. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You do do a lot. Roxanne was talking about your community and um, how you are building your community. And I've actually had some of your listeners reach out to me and tell me, oh, yeah, he, t- he had a ramble on Monday night. And oh, yeah, he did this. And he mentioned you. And I'm like, wow, you must have quite a how does that there's so many questions I have, but how does that <laughs> time wise and just community w- building wise and how does that work for you? You must be to be able to do that. You must be somewhat outgoing, somewhat <laughs> extroverted, because otherwise that would be very draining and, and just really hard to do. And then I don't know how you guys do the rambles. I run. I feel I can't do a ramble, but um, <laughs> yeah. So how know- does the community building work? It's so interesting. I uh, I actually would consider myself an introvert. I'm not. Uh, um, I I've sort of. Um, I I've had a bit of social anxiety growing up. Um, you know, being in parties and crowds has. has I always am the quiet one in the back, right? Mm-hmm. But um, somehow with the online persona and working through all of this material. Um, I, I've, I got inspired. I actually, I got turned on to Gale Force by Roxanne and Mm -hmm. Gale Force's community building strength is just incredible. And it occurred to me that there were so many people who are reaching, especially in a time when we're all pretty isolated from each other, you know, and we're all reaching out and, um, and my work, what I'm really trying to do is, create a, a through line of connection for people uh, that is low risk, right? And, and this community um, has really been self-generated. I have not had to do a whole lot myself to get this going. It, it's really the, the force and um, enthusiasm of a really amazing group of people who, who want to share and be vulnerable and, um, and exist in a safe space together. Right. And that's a really important piece of the puzzle in my mind, which is that the safety piece, uh, in community, especially when we're talking about vulnerable topics, when we're getting into areas where, um, where we're, we're going into really intimate places, right. Is it's so important. So, yeah, yeah, that is, That's really amazing. And it is, um, uh, I'm just going to talk to the women in the audience, who seems to be a lot of here. I know that you get a big group of women together and it can be difficult just from personal experience. So to have a group where you are, everybody is working together and you're working past some of those difficulties is really quite amazing. That is uh, really incredible. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I sort of embrace some of the chaos involved and, (laughs) (laughs) um, and you know, okay, I gotta, I gotta jump in. Uh, Okay. So seeing you, the way you set things up and seeing the way you set up your audios and everything, Mm -hmm. are you a man of chaos? Do you like chaos around you and clutter or do you like order and precision? Hmm. Uh, I, uh, 
so I am an interesting dichotomy there. Um, I really appreciate order and precision when it comes to having a place where I can drop in deeply into my creative work. So my space is, is pretty immaculate most of the time. Um, but I've also come to accept that there are things that I cannot control that, um, <laughs> that, uh, in fact, through my life, I, and this has been a tough lesson is that, uh, if I try to control or force things into a certain outcome, oftentimes the outcome isn't what I want or expect. So, uh, I, I've really sort of embraced radical acceptance of, of sort of allowing and acting with intention towards a particular goal or outcome. Right. But, but mm -hmm. not, not necessarily being attached to it, looking a certain way. Um, so I'm, I'm here to sort of hold the guideposts on the direction I want things to go in. Um, and if I need to step in and really sort of lock things down from, from a particular direction I don't like, then of course I will do that. But I really haven't had to do that yet. That's um, neat. So you're just stepping back and letting that chaos happen. In that vein, I'm, I'm going to ask you a really personal question right now. Sure. Um, uh, do you have dirty dishes in your sink? <laughs> no, not currently. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't <Yeah>. think you. <laughs> Although if you had asked me, me that, if you'd asked me that question 10 years ago, it would have been piled full. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have our, you know, our optimal living standard. And that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. I was just, um, I'd like to play a game with myself and uh, see what I can just, um, I, I don't, yeah, just see what I can figure out about somebody. And mm -hmm. I had a feeling that is at least watching your setup and your workspace that you did lean toward that order and um but that you can allow the chaos to happen and step back and just wait for maybe red flags because i i i'm a red flag person people yeah. usually have to rein me in so um but <laughs> the, <laughs> you can wait for the red flags if you have to but that you haven't had to that's really cool and it is your creative content i really i totally get that that is there is in a sense it's a community but if you're it is a little bit of a branding thing and there is a, a tone that you always want to set with that brand. So I completely, right. I completely get that. I had somebody call me out for doing something and said, isn't that off brand that you're supporting that person? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, that is, you do not, you have not been paying attention. That is, right. yeah. <laughs> that is not off brand. My brand is all <laughs> inclusive. And that is particularly why I'm supporting that person and not going to put them out in the cold because they misstep socially, because I'm not going to do that. That's not who I am. That's not part of my brand. And, mm -hmm. um, and she was like, oh, Okay. So, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. we all have our bland, brand and that you want to, you know, what kind of you want to create, but for the most part, stepping back is really cool. There yeah. are, and, you're, go and ahead. I, I was going to say, and, and I've so, I've really come to appreciate incremental steps around a brand too, is that there are certain aspects of my brand that I'm not entirely sure what the vision is, or at least I've had an earlier version of the vision that is sort of adjusting over time and and it's taken me a certain amount of time with my patreon with you know um the the visuals that i use with even uh the tiktoks that i do 
um, all of it is sort of evolving and I'm tweaking and I'm getting better over time and really honing in on what people, what people want to see and, and hear. There is a unique balance there, which, um, yeah. I wanted to ask, I, um, don't feel like that, that, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask, how do you feel about becoming a kink educator on TikTok? Mm. Um, I'll just let you answer that before. Um, yeah. Sure. You know, um, I, I will say that my experience with kink is probably not as in-depth as other kink educators on TikTok, uh, you know, to name a couple like Whisper Devil or, um, or even uh, Wild Heathen. Uh, those guys seem to be really, really in-depth and experienced to a degree that um, it, it, uh, on the more technical aspects of it. For me, my experience comes more in the energetic space. Um, it's more about the power dynamics and, um, and that's a place that I really enjoy, um, capturing moments, you know, mm-hmm. and, and my goal is to, um, to provide a safe place for those moments to be experienced without necessarily, you know, finding yourself in an unsafe situation. Um, yeah. and, and so, uh, that is, and that thread connects not only with kink, but it connects with, with, you know, how we exist, um, sort of in, in our mental health space and how we exist in, in even a non kink sort of vanilla setting. Right. Um, so a lot of what I am trying to do is connect all of these pieces together so that, um, so that there's more of a, um, so that people in general are more comfortable with it and, and with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's neat. But uh, so I was going to ask, did you expect to go that direction? Is that one of the things that, um, mm-hmm. maybe surprised you when you got on TikTok that you would be requested or, or have questions come at you or expect mm-hmm. to go? I know maybe some of the spicy stuff because your voice is really triggered <laughs> towards some of that. That was yeah. that for me, I would think that was a given, but some of the mm-hmm. other questions and the healing things and the curiosity things, were you expecting mm-hmm. it to go that direction? Um, you know, knowing me and my, my personal history and, and what I personally care about, uh, I, I'm not actually not surprised because a lot of what Orcus auditory is about is a reflection of who I am in real life. Um, and, and it, and there's no way that I, I could not have it be that way. Um, I don't, you know, there are certainly aspects where I'm acting and playing out a role, but a lot of those roles that I inhabit are ones that I already, um, that I already feel authentic playing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, there is the persona that I have that is the extremely domineering, controlling dom, right. Um, there's the aspect of me that is the softer, you know, cuddle partner that just wants to give you a shoulder massage and, and hang out. Um, there's the aspect of me that is like a guide, you know, I'm holding a lantern in the middle of, of the fog, uh, and hopefully lighting a path. Um, so, so all of those things are aspects that, that I, I am, I, I am, am anticipating, uh, will show up eventually just because that's, that's an expression of me. 
That is, well, good. I just, I, yeah, I'm like, did you go on? I don't know. Did you want to speak to it? So that's a good answer. Mm -hmm. That's a great answer that you went on kind of just ready to, ready to share some of that. Um, I had a, Mm a friend, an audio artist, and he actually, he posts quite a bit on the hub and he gets questions all the time and really sensitive, some women that have really been through it. And he's like, you know, I'd love to do an information back and forth. And I'm like, I have never voiced anything for the hub, even though it's just an interview. (laughs) And, um, but that was his whole, and we ended up actually talking a lot about just very vanilla concepts because, Mm um, also because I'm not very much a part of the lifestyle community, the BDSM Mm -hmm. dominant submissive, but I write it. And, um, I have talked to a lot of people over the last two years and it, there's a lot in it that, as characters, as archetypes, as character, personal human character traits, as play, as pleasure, as life that mm-hmm. um, has, uh, that speaks, I think that there is wisdom and there's learning and there's identity there. And so, yeah. but you know, um, I, yeah, I can share, I can share a little story of personal experience um, oh, please do. The, in this space. You know, my experience with kink um, years ago, I went to a taster night, um, where, you know, it it was at a, um, a dungeon and, uh, they had all an array of different experiences laid out, uh, all these people who, you know, there was the impact play area. There was the rope tying area. There was the electric, the electricity and, you know, another group, uh, a couple playing a sadomasochistic scene. Um, and, you know, I was there with, um, with my partner at the time and, you know, going down the line, we tried the different things. It was a lot of fun. And then we got to impact play. And first she got on the horse and, and, um, I played with her for a little while. And then, and then she got up and she looked at me and she said, would you like to experience this? And it took me a good (laughs) two minutes of like, Oh, Um. I was not expecting to answer that question. Hmm. So I said, sure, I would do that. Um, and I got, down on I, I got on the horse and uh and you know she selected a paddle this guy had probably 50 different implements on the table um, <laughs> and and she started doing going for it and you know under the guidance of this guy um uh and after a few minutes of experiencing this it i suddenly caught like this really intense catch in my chest and Hmm. I couldn't explain what it was. And I told her I wanted to stop and I went back to the corner of the room and, and just had, and had a, a pretty solid cry for about 30 minutes. Wow. And I realized afterwards that I had not been spanked like that since I was four years old with my father. Mm. Um, and that experience then led to me being able to do a lot of really important, deep work into my relationship with my father that I had sort of kept bottled up for, I didn't even know was there. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that in and of itself has shown me that there's a really important role that kink plays in in not only just, you know, the fun of it, but also just how we push into the edges that we have 
um, in our in ourselves. And if we are doing kink properly and safely, then we can really like dig into places that that are sensitive that that allow us to reveal parts of ourselves that we keep hidden. Um, yes, and, and I love that. A lot of my poetry has been exploring that circle and that deep, deep place of of intimacy and knowing yourself and getting to share that with another person. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, but um, the uh, the just the ideas behind some of that really deep work that cannot be done. There is so much in the body, don't you think, that is physically triggered, smells, mm-hmm. sounds, just mm-hmm. that impact. That is, I can see that. I mean, then I was going to say that uh, a good dom always tests his tools first. And so, you know, knowing <laughs> what the experience is like, I, I learned that on TikTok, people. Um, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but um, that, you know, you should always test out your tools and um, see what Absolutely. they do and mm-hmm. where they're safe. And I wouldn't, I never would have known that without TikTok. So... <laughs> Of course, yeah. it seems it's, it's, I mean, of course, but still it, it was a little bit, that is really incredible. That is really incredible that you got that moment and that it opened that door. I have, <laughs> yeah, being challenged to write some of the poetry that I write has opened a lot of doors for me too, but that's oh, really yeah. cool. So where um, you kind of, you're like, you're in your, or as your, your brand and you're, are you just letting it grow organically and you're kind of doing some of the audiobooks and you're now controlling it and you're filling time to get your, your work day in, or do you have an overall goal? I mean, or is it just this constant new blessing every day? I mean, well, it <laughs> seems like that, but uh, <laughs> is there an overall goal target or um, are you just letting it grow organically and seeing where it can go now? Yeah. You know, um, initially I had a set of goals, uh, and I was really, and and this speaks back to my desire to, you know, to control outcomes, right. Is -hmm. that I had, okay, this is the goal that I have and I'm going to just start pumping out content to try to get to a certain number in my mind. Um, and then, uh, and then the reality of this work and mm-hmm. and um and actually being more in tune with my audience and paying attention all of that stuff started coming in and i realized oh you know the goals that i have may not be as realistic as i thought <laughs> so <laughs> and and i am a habitual um you know i always place my my desires and goals way above the reality <laughs> this is just a real this is just what it's like being me um <laughs> that's like me and deadlines sure. way above the reality yes um <laughs> but i um these days, yeah, I am more in the camp of letting things grow organically. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I am constantly in a um, sort of creative space. Every, every night I'm reading things to try to find more inspiration for different directions I can go. Uh, the books that, the book deals, the audio book deals that I'm getting are really great for new ideas as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, and, and of course I'm interested in pushing the envelope, right? Um, <laughs> I, I think there are, uh, there are opportunities for audio work that have just only, we've only begun to scratch the surface. Uh, yeah. you know, spatial audio, especially is there's more spatial headphones 
that are coming out. There's spatial mm-hmm. microphones available. Um, it's not just about left and right channel anymore. It's about whether the person sounds above you or behind you or or below you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also opportunities for audios that, um, you know, I, I think I've heard Gale Force. I actually just released one of my own. Uh, a bunch of audio uh, creators are doing dual audios where, you know, they have a voice in the right channel and a voice in the left and are doing sort mm-hmm. of a, you know, a combined thing. I love that. I love the experimentation. And and I think there's so much more that we can do. I think you saw, I saw on a TikTok that you relax by going to a, um, a sensory deprivation tank. Could you pump audio into that kind of tank? <laughs> you absolutely can. Yeah. Uh, although and if I, you had spatial yeah. audio in that and you were floating in space, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh. That's that's now that's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that would, and then you add hypnosis yeah. to that would be you'd have to have a disclaimer for that. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, touch is such a huge um, uh, uh, stimulation that you remove that and just go purely into the mind space, and oh man, what we could create. Uh, yeah, we'll have to. I to would like to try that. that. I actually, my son goes to college in Seattle, and I was looking. I was searching next time in Seattle. Oh, look, they have one. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. Uh, that's but the audio, adding the audio and everything. I can't even. That is a beyond voice is so powerful. I have, I have friends who do erotic. I don't listen to them anymore because once they become friends, and that voice is in my ear, I can't take it. Right. And I have written mm-hmm. stuff for them and to edit and approve that I have to send it to somebody else. Now. <laughs> <I can't even. laughs> yes. Uh, I've I am so this. triggered by audio. <laughs> <laughs> I have experienced this with people in my personal life that, uh, it, that just tell me repeatedly, I can't listen to your stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I can't. You know, yeah. no. <laughs> it's fine. I can't have a good friend stimulate. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And um, that seems to have routine for me so right. <laughs> I just keep doing it. <laughs> I can't help I'd rather know a person anyways but there is a right. lot of power in the audio that I never the first time I heard a first person erotic audio was you know I've always loved the sound I've always loved the mm. narration but when you take a poem and you turn it into you know it changes the words have texture suddenly and um, you can feel them on your skin as they're coming. And I, so I've always loved that, but then you Mm -hmm. turn that into some kind of intimate scenario and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I've actually talked about this is that there's sort of this interesting spectrum of experience, right. Um, Where the written word is, is the sort of the minimum level of of expression that we need to create an image in our head um we we can create our own voices our own you know way that the people look for the most part and and how things smell and taste and all that stuff um but then you know you go all the way to movies and television and most of that stuff is already outlined and created for you and you're just there witnessing the, mm-hmm. the experience, but audios are this really cool medium place where, um, even just by adding a few sound effects and not saying anything, I can create 
if in somebody's head, I, they can create for themselves what those sounds mean. And yes. Where they're going. Right. Yep. And I love yeah. that about audio. There's so I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick PSA since there are so many women in the room. Uh, my <laughs> children listened to audiobooks and I read them books because I did not have time, you know, you can check out 50 books per kid. So I didn't have time. And they, um, two of them went to college. One is in, and we were lower income. The power of teaching your kids through audio and communication and reading out loud is free and indescribable. You change your four and five-year-olds into communicators and learners by teaching them to listen. And it is one of the most powerful tools and we're losing it. So by bringing the audio people back, by bringing, it is a, a gift now to be able to sit and listen to something and hear it. And because yeah. we just, there's so much input and so much visual that mm -hmm. we are losing it. And so guys like you are bringing it back. You're, <laughs> you're, sh you're, you're showing women, um, women especially are connecting with parts of themselves. They didn't know that they needed to connect with anymore. And yeah. so it is a very, it's, it's not just for adults. It is a powerful, incredible tool that you should like when they're in the womb, I'm telling you, create your communicators young, because if you wait until they're in school, you have lost incredible, valuable time that you can never get back. The yeah. brain is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you know, the work that I've done in hypnosis has shown me is that, you know, in fact, the experience we have in our, in our head between our ears is it, that's everything. Um, and, and it's so easy to allow ourselves just to be buffeted and influenced by all of the external stimuli and forgetting that we have, um, we have a lot of power within ourselves to create, um, to create our own experience. Uh, and so, yeah, using audios is a really powerful tool to be able to do that. It is. It is so powerful. I love that. We have the power within ourselves to create our own experience. <laughs> it is. I, I do. I like to, I read aloud. I have to listen to my books aloud. I, there is just so much power in that auditory, in that sense. Um, I can, in fact, I could, I can go with that. I love, I'm a little bit of a sensualist, but if I had to lose a sense, it'd probably be my eyesight because there's <laughs> so much I can get from audio, from touching and from you know, from other things that the eyesight, I miss color, but you can almost, you know, hear color. You can almost feel color. So yeah, yeah it'd probably be my eyesight, the most obvious one, but um, that would oh, be the yeah. one. It's such yeah. a, and especially this is one of the things I love to do in the audio space is really isolating different senses. You know, you can really like, if, if, our brain is so powerful that if you really guide somebody to focus on what you're smelling right now, focus on what you're tasting and, and drawing the attention to those places. Um, and then you might call in a particular word. If, if they're tasting something, the word cinnamon and all oh, of a sudden yeah. everybody know, just calls in that flavor. And, and now you, you're starting to, craft and experience right and it's i i oh it just 
it gives me goosebumps thinking about uh, all the all the fun that can be had in that space. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is an amazing space. The mind is utilizing the mind and taking it to the different level. And I do all those words, mm-hmm. cinnamon. I have a poem about cinnamon and coffee. I have a lot of poems about mm-hmm. cinnamon, actually, um, oh, <laughs> because yeah. it's such I a powerful word. Oh, that's great. So you've got, you're kind of letting this organic thing go on. Now I'm going to ask the audience, um, right. Do you guys have any specific questions you'd like me to ask? I think the, I think auditory is more primal than sight. It is very primal. It is very mm-hmm. primal. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it is. It, and it really is. Yeah, I, I'm just going to go there. Do you have a primal? <laughs> I've seen a black leopard wandering around you, so I'm just wondering. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I would probably say say I'm more primal than anything else. Um, I really love the controlling Dom identity, but um, there is a certain threshold with me where I will let go of control and just let the animal uh, come out. Um, and that's, that is something that I, oh, you know, uh, sort of reaching that place is, is exquisite. It's great. <laughs> there are, um, uh, I have been talking with a friend, um, cause we're back to this subject, but it's, I'm, I'm fascinated. <laughs> I've been talking with a friend who actually, um, is a, he calls himself a service top and he, he was mm-hmm. in the BDSM community since kind of, uh, Oh, probably not the 80s. That's 90s with his wife and um, 90s, early 2000s. And so like in an in-person community, not just an online community. In fact, I've been kind of like, oh, no, there's TikTok and there's Twitter and there's all these. And now there are discords and people are building other communities. And he's like, what? This is not, you know, because he was so aware of the in-person. But we've been having conversations about the um the archetypes and uh, um, different uh, within BDSM, you know, when you take the BDSM.org test or there's an alpha Mm -hmm. something, I can never remember the word, but there's, there's actually two tests out there that you can take to kind of Mm -hmm. give you some idea of what you like in that way. And when the primal comes up and stuff, but I always looked at the primal very differently because we started talking about, well, how do you hunt how do you lay bait and how do you, how do you, how are you prey as primal? Mm. And um, those have been some fun discussions because oh, yeah. I think women, I think we do it all actually. I think it yeah. is something ingrained in us to hunt, to lay bait and then to be prey. <laughs> and that when you let some of your uh, inhibitions go and when you pay attention to what you do and how you act, how that, um, how you learn, oh, there's so much to learn about who you are as a person. Yeah. And, um, but you have to, let go fear of being a manipulator. You have to let go fear of, of crossing, you know, you have to let go fear of judgment over yourself right? because otherwise you're never going to be able to really see all the little clues that you do um, and things you do to meet people to, and it can be, it, it doesn't have to be. The thing is, is it's not 
a sexual person. You can lay bait to meet a person or make a friend or get to know somebody. You are setting up a situation because, oh, that person's really interesting. And so, um, yeah. It's just the way you tilt your head or you turn your body or, you know, how you draw in a breath, like the subtle signals that sort of show, oh, there's chemistry. Right. Oh, Orcus, you haven't been paying attention. My poetry Mm -hmm. is bait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) My words are bait. Uh (laughs) And it Uh sets the tone. It sets the, uh, I was talking, um, your bait calls the who's going to hunt you. Right. If I am, yeah, it's, oh, it's so fun to talk mm-hmm. about. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, lady, you can take that and get him in your, <laughs> start yeah. asking more questions. <laughs> but if you have a question, um, uh, if Orcus is involved, I'm totally down. <laughs> <laughs> do I lay bait for Orcus? Oh, you all do. You know you totally do. <laughs> if oh, you don't, yeah. I'm surprised. Because it's just something you do when you want to know somebody. Somebody right. asks, what are the ways you lay bait? Kindness. Kindness mm-hmm. is a bait. That smi- yeah. friendly smile, that is a bait. Think about how you act when a grouchy two-year-old is in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you are wanting to soothe that and you have to get on that is your most primal right there <laughs> right yeah i mean there's a, there are definitely signals being uh communicated <laughs> there are you have to be relaxed you cannot be afraid you have to be calm there are yeah. certain things so um yeah. let me see i don't i've gone up you know, i'm looking back Go ahead. And one one of the things that also that I'm really starting to become um, obsessed with in a way is not only just you know the mechanics of how the bait, the primal, the the hunter, the prey, um, all of these different dynamics work, um, but it's also the energy that they create. Um, yes, and and I. I find that that a lot of what I am trying to create mechanically is all designed towards elevating the energy in a certain way, right? And mm-hmm. um, and so I that's one of the reasons why I love hypnosis is because even just with with uh, a little bit of suggestion, again, creating a safe space around it, you can you can recreate anything any of the above the above um and and accelerate the energy of the person listening um just with a few words uh and 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 recreate any possible scenario that you want uh and i love that how does i don't know anything about hypnosis what is that experience like for you mm-hmm. and how did you get into it well, uh, I'm I'm going to be honest and say that pretty much any good audio is is a type of hypnosis, even if it isn't explicitly hypnosis. What we are doing when we are talking to people, when we want to convince somebody of some of something, or if we are getting agreement from somebody on something, um, all of that is a form of hypnosis. Um, now hypnosis itself is sort of a a funny trigger word for people because it, it almost brings out a certain element of, oh, you're trying to manipulate me. Right. But hypnosis is like any other type of kink. Um, it requires 
a top and a bottom, and both have to be in agreement about what's happening. Um, and so uh, it's the responsibility of the top to ensure that the space within that the space that's being created is safe, that there are uh, safeguards, that there are agreements put in place, um, that there are, you know, in the audio space, because there can't necessarily be a, a direct dialogue between myself and who's listening, I have to sort of, you know, I have to set up warnings and make sure that, uh, that um, there is trust established and, yeah. and also set expectations that, um, that I'm, I'm going to take good care of, of where this is going. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the experience for me is, uh, how would I even describe it in words? It's, um, how in I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to come back. I'll ask sure. how intuitive is it? How much are you paying attention? I mean, even if it's one-sided, are mm -hmm. you, leaning into this intuition of, oh, I think I'm going to go this way, or is it pre-planned? I mean, do you have a sense of this, it putting a puzzle together, but the pieces are glowing? Oh, this one goes here. This one goes mm -hmm. here. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, well, so the type of hypnosis that I've done has largely been in creating, uh, it's designed to create an, a type of energy or a type of um, dynamic. Uh, so for me, it starts with, I really want to worship my listener. And I mm -hmm. want to show her in intimate detail all the ways that I appreciate her. And so I ask her to really, like the first thing I do is sort of help her to find a place to relax, to allow all of the conscious thoughts, all the, the sort of burdens of the day to fade in the background and, and then just lead her into a space where she can really truly be appreciated. Um, because what happens in our regular lives is that we, you know, we get distracted by all of the thoughts flying around all of the, the uh, criticisms, all of the, the ways we intercept what people say sometimes saying, uh, do I, you know, it's called the critical mm -hmm. factor. In fact, yeah. In, in hypnosis, we call it the critical factor. It's the, the thing that evaluates what people say and decides whether or not we agree. Oh. And so when you, when you're in a hypnosis place or when you're working with an audio space, that's really designed to help people drop in, you know, we find a place to relax. We agree on the safety and trust that's being established in, in space. And, and some really powerful, intimate things can can happen there. And and so every, for me, everything is intuitive. It's all sort of based on, um, at least in my mind, I'm visualizing a person with me. I am, I am interacting with them as if I'm there. Um, and and so it's very difficult for me to do that from a script necessarily. Um, I, I sort of follow my intuition on um, just being able to say what I'm observing in my head. So <laughs> that is no, no, it makes it makes a lot more sense to me than um, it makes a ton of sense to me. So that mm -hmm. I wonder, um, 
Yeah, I'll have to ask you that question off off, off the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, uh, I think that right there, that hypnosis, that connection, that intimacy that you're creating audio, it is one reason why audio is so powerful. But it's also another reason why in relationships, um, when you get into these BDSM dynamics, why you need to be set up that safe space and why you need to be careful and why you need to pay attention. And um, I want to, the audience was saying, could you do that show for us where you give all that? I just, you know, the biggest thing is when, when you meet somebody who you really like, that's a dominant and says they're a dominant, if he's not listening to you, that's a big red flag that he is not who he says he mm-hmm. is. And you should be able right. to figure that out in the before you are ever intimate, whether yeah. or not he hears you, because every true dominant man that I've ever met is about just you, you have cultivated listening skills because yeah. you have to, there yeah. is. Yeah. There's and and especially in this space with different audio creators, you know, if you run into an audio creator who is doing hypnosis or hypnosis style work and inserting things like you can only orgasm with my voice or, you know, come and spend lots of money on me or inserting suggestions when a person is in a really vulnerable place, inserting suggestions that are sort of selfish and, and are asking that person to direct more energy direct back to the audio creator. That is such that um, that's a huge red flag. That's a <laughs> massive I, red I flag. I highly run. recommend anybody <laughs> hearing that run the other way. Um, run, but, run, yeah. run. Oh, yeah. goodness gracious. That sounds terrible. That... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. That's that makes me really uncomfortable to even think about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it happens. I've, I've heard I've heard report. I've heard from people who have had experiences like that. And it's really it's really sad. Yeah, that is very sad. And, you know, and part of it is because we're not always paying attention to what we're hearing. And yeah, yeah. I wanted to, you mentioned the, uh, the critical factor. I saw Mm -hmm. something again on TikTok, but I can't remember the name of it. The thing in your brain that makes it when the positivity button, when you, everything, when you have a, a glass, um, almost full, a glass, um, full kind of life that um, positive things tend to come your way. And when your glass is half empty, it seems like negative things. And it's a brain thing where you tend to focus more on the negative. Do you remember what that's called? It's called something. It actually has a medical term that, that, that being positive about life um, and, um, and it hoping for good things and having that in you makes it feel like more good things come your way so you could stay positive and that you're blessed rather than the negative aspect when you're always listening to that negative, you know, mixtape. Does anybody else remember mixtapes? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I actually don't know the term, but I I think of, I, I have a very similar concept that I, that I usually like to think of around that, which is that who you are being sort of informs the reality around you. Right. Um, so it's, it's almost like, you know, you put, um, you put an ice cube in a glass, uh, of, of water and eventually the water is going to get cold. Yes. So if, and, 
And so if you are the ice cube, eventually everything, everyone around you is going to get cold. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and if you are, you know, if you're warm, if you're, if you're hot, then everything around you is eventually going to get hot. We influence our environments in the same way. So if we exist in a space where everything is abundant, everything is, is, um, that, that we have space and, and ease within our lives, then that will come, right? Yes. The, the space around us will manifest that. And I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, endless positivity is necessarily a, um, is necessarily a, a, a healthy thing to inhabit, but, um, sort of existing in the, the space of, um, Just lay bait for the good things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Set that up. <laughs> <laughs> Just lay bait for the good things. <laughs> Roxanne, I want to give you a chance. If you want to, if you have headphones and want to call in and, um, and uh, if you have any direct questions, I'm going to give you a chance to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, oh, there she is. We're not going to stay too long, Roxanne, because. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a poem I would like him to read. Um, I don't know if I want to do the back and forth. I don't know if I have the wherewithal, but um, could you have any questions, Roxanne? Hello, Roxanne. Oh, <laughs> Orca's so nice. my love. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to hear your voice. <laughs> it's so good to, to be in real time with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I don't have much. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody but, asked um, me, I don't remember who it was, asked me about your hands. Are you, that you don't show, you need to do more hand porn. Um, is that a hard <laughs> thing to do or is it? Uh, that is, uh, you know what? I, I've not actually thought of that. I, I, I certainly can. <laughs> um, you know, you know, uh, well, you've got those you know, microphones. So um, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> just well, here's, here's something else you haven't mentioned yet. I noticed, um, you know, one of the things that one of the choices that Orcus has made is to show himself. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I mean, I don't really have any particular commentary on that. I'm always happy to to look at him. <laughs> but, but but it is but it is a choice. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I imagine that that choice has um, had a tremendous impact on your dynamic. With, have you noticed um, that? What would folks? be the impact that you have noticed um, on showing yourself? And yeah. um, have you gotten, well, I'll let you answer that before I ask sure. the next question. You know, uh, it, it actually, when I first started doing this work, it, it took me a little while to decide whether I wanted to do this. Um, and when I opened up my TikTok account, I realized I, I'm ready to just go all in. Um, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of audio creators prefer their anonymity because, you know, this is a pretty introverted um, uh, style of work, but, for me, um, I look at me being able to show my face and and be immersed in what I do as an advantage. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, 
I, I do believe that I can remove the visual component of me um, where it counts. You know, I'm not necessarily doing audios on video. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Right. But um, I, uh, I don't know. For me, I, I feel more like uh, I can really share myself, share my authentic self in this work by showing mm -hmm. my face. Um, and it really hasn't impacted me all that much. I still do like to keep a certain separation between my personal life and my professional, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because I'm so introverted already, it's not like I'm running into people on the street who are saying, oh, my God, Orcus. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that hasn't happened yet, actually. <laughs> Okay, yeah. that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. And I know some people, um, yeah, the 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 face thing, not showing your face, that gets to be really hard. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, <laughs> especially on TikTok or different platforms and stuff. It can take a lot of work to uh, so being all in and just committing to it and making that part of who you is part of your brand. But yeah. well, but then, but then he he made the mistake with me of saying how tall he was. Yeah. Does and everybody know how tall he is? Can we, do yeah. we know? <laughs> is that out? He said, he he been said it a, yeah, he said it in a ramble one day that you did, didn't you? Yeah, you did. I, I probably it's not a secret, is it? Yeah. Twice, yeah. Yeah. Tall men yeah. Okay. Thing. There you go. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, hands. And, I, and I had, I had to rethink my whole life, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Like I've been talking to this guy all this time, and he's six six. I, I would have approached it completely differently. Oh, uh, you know? uh, would, would have approached sure. it. Completely. <laughs> like I told him, if I had known that, I'd have flirted with you. You know. Oh my gosh! I met a man six eight on Twitter the other day because I laid yeah. some bait. Um, <laughs> And that's all. I just got a picture of him dressed in clothes as proof because, you know, but that, that's and, all we did. But I did. I laid bait because I wanted and, to see how tall he was. And tall guys fall for bait so easily. I, I oh, yes, he really did. He, he really did. He was like right there for it. He's like, OK, here's your proof. And then we oh, then we made jokes. Um, I think there should be a tall man reality show. Because you guys in airplanes oh. and small cars, I mean, come on. Airplanes <laughs> are the bane of my existence. Airplanes, small cars, shopping. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see you go in a regular size changing room and see how oh. far your head comes up. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and those airlines, they, they at least in the past few years, they've really been trying to shave off those those inches. That oh, now you got to pay the I extra money for the legs. Oh, <laughs> and it's yeah. not even nothing. Oh, gosh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got it. You've got a really good question um, in the in the chat. Um, oh, good. Where? Uh, oh, what? What? Uh, what, Marcus, suggestions? What, what suggestions would you have for new VAs? And you know, you kind of, um, I guess when I met you a few months mm -hmm. ago, you were still considering yourself kind of a newbie. Yeah. And um, I still done consider a lot myself of a newbie. Yeah. And you, but you've been doing a lot of exploring yeah. and um, what learnings would you, would you share with people so that they don't have to sort of reinvent the wheel? Right. Well, uh, <sighs> So 
I think my 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 best suggestion around this work would be um, really learn to bear your soul mm -hmm. um, because there's a you can really tell the difference between an audio creator who's not who is just sort of playing a part as opposed to somebody who's really inhabiting what they're saying. Um, and, and bearing your soul is a skill. It's, it's something that you, some people have to learn to do. Um, and, um, and so whether it's a really good quality microphone or, you know, your phone microphone or whatever you're doing, mm -hmm. if people can hear, can hear you through what you're saying, then they will come to you yeah they'll um, want to yeah. connect with you yeah um, as, as i as i um as i explore different creators i'm really finding that that's what separates the men from the boys mm -hmm. to be I honest think so because the boys yeah. are trying to perform still yeah and the, men it, the, are, the authenticity mm -hmm. is what is what determines greatness yeah. in yeah. this area um and that and it and it's um it, it can be more challenging than one ever imagines going in, I think. Yeah. You know, people you know, consider themselves honest and authentic, but then they really get their backs up against it. And, you know, an audience, especially an audience of women, um, have finely tuned, finely tuned bullshit meters. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, know? There, there is a certain element of, um, of educating an audience as well. Uh, that I've found, which is to say that, you know, there, there are certainly uh, audience, there's uh, an aspect of the audience where people are still exploring, they don't know, maybe, and they, they sort of gravitate towards the, the energy that is more acted as opposed to uh -huh. authentic, mm -hmm. um, but it's not sustainable. Um, yeah. Right. And so I, I'm finding, especially in my own work, that there is a lot of, um, a lot of discovery taking place. I get so many comments from people saying, Oh my God, you have unlocked something I never even knew existed inside me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's that, those are some of my most, I, I love those comments. Um, I love hearing that from <laughs> creators too. We got to, I don't want to forget Luce's question. It's way back. Um, what scent, what is a scent that your listeners might be able to associate with you? I feel blind not being able to smell you. So I'm curious too. <laughs> A scent, um, a scent of cedar. A scent of cedar, nice. Yeah, very nice. I, 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 I can feel that. I can feel that. Yeah, I can. Feel that. <laughs> I yeah. can. Oh, yeah. From the Pacific North. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I want to put there. a carved salmon into it just because it's you know <laughs> Seattle. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> salmon is one of the the food groups up here. <laughs> it, it is. It may be expensive, but it's still a major food group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Thank you, Roxanne, for coming on and pointing that out. I know you had oh, mentioned yeah. that, and I forgot. Yeah. I totally forgot. I did remember one of the questions. Um, has there ever been? Uh, you don't even have to say what it is, but insecurities, we all have insecurities. And in this, you know, being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, have you had you have you had to face insecurities and overcome some things and just say, you know, I'm doing it. I'm just letting out and taking the risk and had it pay off positively or negatively. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know what? I'm really sorry. I had a call come in. Could you repeat the question? It it, it cut off sure. for a little bit. Sure, sure. sure. Um, I wanted to talk about um, insecurities. Yeah. Have you ever had an insecurity that uh, you have had um, and just said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to put it out there because you're being vulnerable. You're facing sure. stuff. Some stuff has got to be harder than others. I mean, yeah. the first time you growl into a microphone, unless you've been, <laughs> the first time has got to be the most awkward, you know, I was trying right. to, I can't, it sounds awful, I, it, you know, so, but there, yeah. when you face an insecurity and you put it out there anyways, and oh. then the feedback is positive and negative, sometimes you do get the negative feedback. Um, what is that? How has that been to navigate? Yeah. Um, well, you know, all of this has been come in stages. I, um, I have a couple things that I'll share around this. Um, the first one is, uh, the first time I did a live on TikTok, I was sweating my, I, there was a layer of, of water <laughs> underneath, uh, between my skin and my clothes. Um, and, if, uh, if anybody were to go back and watch that video, uh, yes. just how, way down. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Me being an introvert, putting myself out there is a huge vulnerability for me. Um, you know, I was inspired by uh, 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 Brene Brown talking about getting in the arena. And, mm. um, you know, I I know that I have lots of limitations. I know that I am not necessarily as... Um, there are many strengths that other creators have that I don't. Um, but I'm, I am willing to embrace that and, and love myself in spite of that and show people my flaws, um, and weather the slings and arrows because, because what else am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and also part of that vulnerability, the second thing that I, I wanted to say is actually some, a piece that, that is sort of connects Roxanne and I, which is that, there's also a certain vulnerability that I have around poking into areas that I know might be a little bit controversial for my audience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I did an audio, this is actually how Roxanne and I met, is that I did an audio <laughs> once where I talked about the word slut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I felt pretty strongly that, yes, this is going to be a very vulnerable and divisive area for me to go into, but I feel like it's an important conversation to have. There, there are certain aspects of our culture that are, um, that are worth, um, looking at with, uh, with a, a, a new lens. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I feel extremely vulnerable going into those spaces because I know I'm going to, I'm going to attract backlash or I'm going to attract criticism. Um, and I, I don't want to necessarily just always be a person who is going to be um, a people pleaser. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it, can be, uh, it, it can be a very vulnerable place uh, going into places like that. It is. And, you know, uh, just Roxanne probably knows this. And for the women in the audience, I don't, there's something in our brains that wants to not that wants to care about every little detail until we're about 39, 40, 45, Mm -hmm. you know, and we care what everybody thinks and we care Mm -hmm. a lot about what everybody thinks. And we can't, Mm -hmm. if you're younger than that, I just want to tell you that point is coming. And if you can get there sooner, (laughs) 
just do it. Just please, yeah. just, just yeah. because um, yeah. I waited until I was to be creative until later in life. And those people that mm-hmm. start early, they get so successful. And, yeah. you know, I had, cause I had all the hangups mm-hmm. and um, all the little fears and what would they think? And it's not going to be good enough. That's my, that's on my, one of my yeah. self tapes. Yeah. It's not good enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. And, and yeah. comparison. And yeah, I, um, I think that's, I think that's why I've gotten so immersed in this whole space. Um, why it's speaking to me at this moment in my life, because, um, you know, especially um, for women, um, but for people in general around sex, there's just so much shame and, um, self-loathing yeah. um, attached and it's all socially constructed yeah. <laughs> you know it is. and I, and and I you know oh gosh I, you know Orcus I have to I'm gonna say this to you I would say this to any creator but if I've learned anything from dealing with with you guys <laughs> is it is that um um uh being yourself um, is the greatest gift that you have to offer to the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that that's your greatest strength. Who you are is your greatest strength in this space. Yeah. Probably yeah. in life too, but certainly in this space. Um, you know, when you're doing that, you're not competing with anybody. You're just no. being yourself. You're not taking right. from anything. You're actually giving into into the atmosphere. I think when you are being who you are ne- meant to be, and it is so hard. But oh my gosh, yeah. it is a beautiful, powerful, powerful thing. And uh, um, I'm gonna. Uh, it's you've been on for an hour, and I want to be <laughs> conscious of your time. I could probably keep you for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to take advantage of this opportunity. Um, I've got uh, a little bit more time. I'm happy to be do, flexible. Do yeah. you? Oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> so you know, and just from that, from from that space, then you go back to against the kinks. Because I say I've must have said it a hundred times on the podcast that kinks be, are such a taboo, like that word, like slut, like everything else. They're such mm-hmm. a taboo, but it's one of those things that happen to form in those formative years. They tend to happen when we're still young, before we have even entered into a real sexual stage. They yeah. start to be formed there, and the thing, and then we spend the rest of our lives beating ourselves up for them, mm-hmm. and we all have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter how weird or how unique or how same it is. I think I have never met a person who didn't have a little bit of some kind of, you know, little bent of something that aroused them or turned them on or that fit with them, spoke to them mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. a different level. I just don't think I've ever met somebody that doesn't, you know, like smells. Uh, my kids, when they were born, I would smell them. The nurse took them out of the room. And I swear to you, this thought entered my head. If I will be able to know him by his smell. Mm-hmm. If I can't tell all the babies apart, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will know him by how he smells because he is mine. Because yeah. I was having panic attacks. And, yeah. you know, there are, there are different little things that form and we, we get so hung up on, on, you know, I have a voice kink or whatever. There is nothing wrong. Or I like latex. It doesn't really matter or shoes right. or whatever. You know, I, I, I often meet people and I'm like, what kind of shoes do you wear? Because your shoes tell me so much about who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, so it's not, I don't know if it's a kink or not, but I want to know. I'm curious. It tells me. Mm -hmm. So we get hung up on these little things and we're afraid of them and they box Mm -hmm. us in 
and we hide them in the closet. And then we don't know that there's all these people out there that have the same thing that you could talk Mm -hmm. to and enjoy Mm -hmm. and bring it out and build these communities with. If you had met me 10 years ago, um, I would have been a completely different person. My, Mm -hmm. all of my most darkest um, desires would have been locked away. You know, like I, I, my entire sexual adventure or my, my sexual life was in a dark room at 11 o'clock at night. Um, (laughs) and, and I, I, I just, there's a part of me that really, really desires, especially in the work that I do to show people that it's, it's okay to allow some of that out to find yeah. your people and um and to be vulnerable because we need that vulnerability we need you um and and because otherwise we live in a culture where it takes people until they're nearly 40 to mm-hmm. find themselves yeah right yeah have you done any sometimes study with, um, oh go yeah. ahead yeah said, have you done any study longer. with with biofeedback from the brain, because we get that from each other. Hmm. And I feel like I can get it online, but that it's just the energy of being alive and being in the room and how it helps you grow and just do all of these interesting things. Um, mm-hmm. Isabel, and check out Prodigal Summer by Barbara, Barbara Kingslover, if you haven't already, for some lovely words around smell and recognition. I absolutely will. I love smell. Uh, it's a big, I mean... <laughs> my editing program's like you've talked about smell in this chapter 20 more times than any other writer. <laughs> like, yes, yes I have. <laughs> um yeah, uh the kinks and stuff. That's neat. I just oh gosh, my son um just on that vein, he used to surf the dark web and he came and he told me he's like, "Mom, you have no many have no idea how many 14-year-old boys there are out there who are trapped in their bedrooms who hate themselves because they mm-hmm. can't stop, you know, because yeah. they can't control, because they can't, and they want to die. They are yeah. just absolutely in there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm so – there's so much we've missed. But, um, yeah, the, oh, yeah, finding absolutely. that place of acceptance um, for men and women yeah. is mm-hmm. just – it is so precious and important. Well, but, and, well also, what, what I – the other thing that I've that I've learned and and it really kind of led me down led me down this path is that um, sexual energy has such incredible value to our lives yeah in so many ways and um, all of the guilt and the shame really keeps us from being able to access it mm-hmm. um, in in ways that could truly be life-changing yeah Truly you know, the, be life-changing. It, it's almost the dirty secret of our society, which is to say that sexual energy is really, it, it's the energy that really drives our success and our mm-hmm. and our connection with other people. Um, yeah, even if true. we're not explicit about it, um, mm-hmm. forms of that energy, like when it's flowing in a truly authentic way, uh, that's, that's, that's what we are channeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. it is true it is true dead man's dolly is like i sent you two poems i don't know I, the other one really should be practiced because it's a call and response poem and i was looking at what i sent him 
I guess I would read first and he would, it would, it we could mess it up really bad. <laughs> Reading the first one would probably be easier. <laughs> um, the first, yeah, the, the second one is, I don't know. Did you get a chance to listen to it? Uh, I, I listened to some it? of it. Um, I, I, did you send me the text of it? I did send you the text of it. It is in your email. Yeah. Check. It should be. I actually don't see it. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, hold on. I meant to. Maybe I put it in <laughs> it send. Is Ellen strikes again. Uh, yes. That, this is very much a thing that I do. This is, you know, I always say I'm not a professional. I'm so not a professional, people. Do not accept. <laughs> expect that. I am, I am a fly by my, the seat of my pants. In fact, it was even, you know, the idea to... Uh, to um to do the second one i was scrolling through my feed and i thought oh we could do that let me see sent um yes it's called if you were mine i did send it to you um it is oh wait maybe i didn't <laughs> it's in my sent folder but it didn't go out uh -huh. Uh -huh. um there you go it should be to you now so it is a call and response um, poem, and you only have your words. You don't have my words, which makes it kind of okay. hard. But I did it that way when I did it um, with another actor because we were he was um, reading my lines too, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work that way. And so there are um, sure me, happy to there read. are there are wait there are. Let me explain it to the audience. There are, let me see, there are one, two, three, four. There are four, um, I have four, and I think you have five stanzas. I do. Uh, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so I have four and you have five. So I would go first and then you would go last. I think that's okay. how that works. Oh, okay. you're reading all four and then I'm reading all five? No, no, yeah, you're, so I would read and then you read one of yours. And okay. then I read one of mine, and then you read one of yours okay. through the end. It's call Perfect. and response. Right. Okay. Okay. This is called, If You Were Mine. If you were mine, you would never have to ask. My arms are always open. My lips are always ready. Need always begging. My answer, a brand pressed against your lips. For you, I am dew-strung petals. I am new song in the dark. I am treasure found in secret. I am ever yes, ever yes, and absolutely. If you were mine, you would never have to ask. My arms are always open. My lips always ready. A hungry answer to your need, sharing taste and touch. I am your symphony in the dark. I am warm hands accepting all your secrets. I'm ever yes, ever yes, and absolutely. If you were mine, you would always have my eye. 
be gravity for my center. I would always put you first. Stop what I was doing and respond to your every thirst. If you were mine, you would always have my eye. Be gravity for my center. I would always put you first. Stop what I was doing. Lay down the work at hand. Look clear and now at your face. Respond to your first word. If you were mine, your voice against me, the string to my violin, the song I always dance to, the ballad I always sing. I would listen quiet when you shared your darkling dreams when you unpeeled them, your memories when you unlocked them, your lyrics when you wrote them. I would take you deep into my every crevice where all the secrets live, where hearts are raw and naked and shadows lurk in groaning abscess, where I neglected to forgive. If you were mine, your whisper against me, the muse to all my purpose, I'd hold your hand while you danced, give you reasons to shine and sing. The glory sounds a wave in my ears. I would listen quiet when you shared your darkling dreams when you unpeeled them, your shadow dreams when you unpeeled them, your memories when you unlocked them, your lyrics when you wrote them. I'd let you see all the nightscape, let you replace screams with your echo, graft your skin into my scars, take flight upon your shoulders, break the lies like chains and wire. Take your hands and learn to fly. Meet your eyes and dance in circles and back into your strength that catches me, your trust that ever stretches me. If only you were mine. If you were mine. If you were mine. I'd take you deep into my everything. Offer bone, offer muscle, bone, blood and soul. Share the words I've given no one else. Trust you with fear I have not conquered. Open the door of all regret. I'd let you see into my depths, paths, where I never tread. Let you replace the yesterdays with tomorrows ever after. 
Graft your skin into my scars. Take your softness into hard. Sink deep in the bliss of you. Take your hand and learn to fly. Meet your eyes and dance in circles. Bring you back into my shelter. Embrace the promise of your home. Your trust that ever stretches me. If only you were mine. If you were mine. If you were mine. I'm a little <laughs> proclaimed. Thank you so much for reading that. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I love that. That was beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing that. I'm so glad you read that. That um, I'm going to edit out my and just add that in, and then just put that, and that'll be out there too. <laughs> I just play with that a little bit. Um, that was beautiful. Thank you. I'm. It's almost one thirty, so I want to yeah. let you go. But I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, uh, it's a Here's fun well. platform. It's uh, yeah, having your audience here and being able to uh, engage and have Roxanne. Thank you, Roxanne, for hopping on. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Uh, that, that doesn't that doesn't seem to be a strong enough expression but truly <laughs> truly my pleasure well thank you so much this has been my pleasure as well i really enjoy talking about this and you know i, I think one of the things i i i miss about doing this work is how isolating it can be at times and it's just nice having a community of people who love this and um you know, and are, are continuing to build on it. So thank you. Yes. Yeah, it, 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 uh, exactly. Building community wherever you can, that is an amazing it's, thing. It's so and true. I, so true. I'm, I'm really glad to be a part of that and contribute to that. And, um, so you're not going to have, you're just greedy. It's his, he could do whatever he wants with it. Dead man dolly. I'm going to let him go. And I want to thank the audience so much for joining us. Um, there will, this will be posted probably next Friday as the replay. So you can access it to listen to it again, however many times you want. So um, I uh, thank you, Sarah, for sharing your story with me, Orcus and Roxanne. Thank you for connecting us. Um, thank you for taking the bait and <laughs> such good bait it is. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You gotta lay the right Anytime. bait out there, man. Anytime. I'm a sucker. <laughs> so, I'm not gonna say anything. Oh, Roxanne, you're <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us. And I just hope you have a fantastic, fantastic day. This has been Isabel and Wright's Stories for Adults. <laughs>